You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. I'm here with my new friend, Nasia. Marrero, which is a discussion about your name, Marrero or Mahero, because you have the double R's. Um, hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I am in your home. This is this is this is very unique for me because first of all, you're my first Austin guest. Wow, I feel special. Yes, you're my first Austin guest, and I think it's only the second time I've been some. No, my third time I've been someone's home. Um, lovely home, by the way, oh, and you have a you. lovely dog here that wants to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so I'm new to the Austin comedy scene, which has been. Uh, there's been a lot of articles and it's kind of blowing up. Have you experienced that? You, you've been here for a year now, right? Yeah. But I would say in the past six months, there's been a lot of talk about the Austin comedy scene. Is mm-hmm. that something that you, like, you think about or you've heard about? Or I think there was an article like last week about it in like Paste Magazine and the local Austin comics are like, we don't like these LA comics coming and fucking up our vibe. They don't? No. It's not a, it's not a boon for the comedy I, I, scene? I think I just feel like it's competition and they don't like that but it's uh, like well get better you know yeah. work harder so so you've been here for a little over a year mm-hmm. and you've noticed a big difference in the past like four to five months well when i came there was covid it was like the peak of covid so i didn't have the uh, chance to do much yeah but yeah I, I think because a lot of big comics are moving down here and there's like new comedy clubs opening like creek in the cave yeah so, yeah, definitely. I think there's so much more opportunities. I mean, I love that LA Comics are here and because I feel like it makes me work harder. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I don't feel like they take my spot. You know, it just makes me want to be better. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. We were having a discussion earlier about like actors and comics, how like it's it, people get really weird and competitive because they have this idea like that's my spot or that's mm-hmm. my role. And the truth is like, obviously, as you know, your main competition is yourself Exactly. and get better. And if you're like, if you focus on getting better and getting really good, then that's going to be paid dividends as opposed to complaining about how there's not room for you. Exactly. I mean, there's this famous, uh, interview with Bill Burr where, um, which may come off as kind of sexist. I don't know. I love Bill Burr, but the the interview, she said, what do you think about this idea that like women aren't represented that much in comedy? Like they don't get spots and he goes, listen, instead of going out there and complaining about this shit, why don't you go out there and start your own club, make your own shows, just do it. Yeah. And it's kind of true. Like yeah. there, there's a weird thing in America right now where we're trying to find the balance between like paying off grievances to victims, people who've been victimized, people mm-hmm. who haven't had like, you know, whether it's women or marginalized minorities, yeah. um, have them have their due because yeah. they've been oppressed for so long. And also, like allowing people agency to make it happen for themselves. And you're someone who seems like you're you're a self starter. Yeah, I think like I think especially in this scene when you first come in, it's very important as well to just like work as much as you can because I didn't know anybody, so I have to start to start from scratch. So you, you right? moved to Austin with yeah. your guy, uh-huh. and he, so he he got a job here, mm-hmm. and you moved with him. Were you mm-hmm. were you like, God damn it, I can't believe I'm moving to Austin. No, I always wanted to move to America for comedy. Yeah. But I just didn't thought I was going to, I didn't think I was going to stay here. I thought we were going to go back on the road. And honestly, I'm just happy that everything happened in Austin. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in a perfect, kind of perfect place, timing, in a perfect yeah. time. And 
you know, I wanted to contribute for the community as well here. So that's why I started my own show, which was the first show I started was called Hot Cakes. Hot Cakes. And then I started the riff because I feel like everyone is doing a comedy showcase and I really wanted to have something different and that would allow comics to do something else and just their own set. So yeah. it's basically, as you know, improv stand-up. Yeah, tell people what the riff is. So basically, um, the riff is a show where I get suggestions from the crowd. I put them in this little bucket. I pick them randomly and I put, I put them on this fortune wheel, right? Mm-hmm. And then the comic comes on stage and he gets to spin the wheel, which is a lot of fun, of course. <laughs> and you have to make a joke with you know, the subject that lands on. Yeah. We had Joe Rogan in the first show at the Creek in the Cave. He loved it. He says he, he performed. How do you do? He's, he's he so did smart. Amazing. Yeah. He was amazing. He's so smart. Like he's so witty. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Anything that comes up, he goes, oh, I've studied this so I can yeah. tell jokes about it. Yeah. I think that's f- scary for a lot of comics because yeah. I know f- for me, like I'm not one of those comics who's like super, super, super prepared, mm-hmm. but I also don't think I'm great at just sort of like there. I, I talk about this a lot. There are certain comics like Louis CK, for example, I think his brain and Dave Chappelle, their brains work in stand up comedy form. So when they're talking about anything mm-hmm. in person, it comes out in stand up comedy form because yeah. that's the way their brain like sort of like works around material and thought. Yeah. I think also there's a lot of people who are amazing writers. Yeah. They are not very good improvisers. Yes. But, you know, I think this show is great for you to get material and just work on being a better comic. I mean, English is my second language. Yeah. I don't have the brightest vocabulary and, you know, I'm not very, I don't know much about, like, for example, I had... What was that name? Andrew I had, Jackson? Uh, yeah, I had uh, my first paper was Andrew Jackson. And I was like, who the fuck is Andrew Jackson? And people were laughing, yeah. but they didn't know. I actually did not know who's Andrew Jackson. <laughs> so hopefully that won't come out on my citizenship test, I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't no. think so, because Andrew Jackson is not very well respected in American history. Yeah. He basically he, was one of the people who murdered the Indians the most. Yeah. There's a Broadway play called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson about it. Oh, so, wow. like, yeah, I don't think they're going to ask about that. Wait, when is your citizenship test? In a few months. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I want to ask you about that. First of all, let, let's let's back up a little bit because uh, people who don't know you and you're kind of new in the scene and you're new to America, you just celebrated your one-year anniversary in America. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Um, you sound like you have a pretty crazy background. And by crazy, it's just like it's very well-traveled for a young age. Yeah. And I asked you about that earlier. Like, why did you travel around so much? Yeah. And you just kind of had like this ennui. You just wanted to. So give me a little bit about like, your background. And you were in, you are born in the south of Portugal. Yeah, I'm from the south of Portugal. Yeah. Which I don't think anyone knows anything about. By the way, it's a country, yeah. people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a country in Europe. I always have people asking me here, oh, yeah, 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 Portugal. Yeah, I know where it is. Uh, Latin Can I get America. a train there? Yeah. Yeah. Can Latin America, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then it's like the south of US, basically. Yeah, but it's not. It's in Europe. It's right in the peak of the south. And uh, basically, there's like Morocco on mm-hmm. the other side. And it's right next to Spain. Yeah. It's attached to Spain. Yeah. It's like a little... It's like the, it's like how California is to the US, like Portugal is to Spain, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, is there a big difference between Portuguese and Spanish culture? Like, do you guys hate the Spaniards and do they hate you or is it like just chill? It's kind of like a competition, you know, kind of like maybe Canadians and Americans and uh, which is funny because I did a DNA test and I was like, always like, Oh fuck Spanish people. They took out (laughs) Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, like with their dumb, dumb ass tapas. We did tapas first, you know, (laughs) but, um, 
Yeah. Um, I, yeah. So I did a DNA test and it turns out I'm 25% Spanish. <sighs> so my husband was like, oh, you know, those things are not accurate, right? And I'm like, no, they are. And then it was 25% Spanish. And I was like, you know, this is not accurate. Yeah, this Fuck is bullshit. This. Fuck this. Yeah, That's so funny. Not. So what is, because I'm curse? sure... What's that? Can I curse here? Oh my God. This is for children. How okay. dare you? Of course you can. <laughs> Say whatever the fuck you want. All right. Because um, I'm sure people don't know, and I don't know, and I feel like I'm fairly well-educated, but uh, I also smoke a lot of weed, so I forget mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. But what is the... Between uh, Spain and Portugal, what is the history in terms of like warfare? Like how did how did that even come about, that boundary? Like, do you know? Is there? I'm sure there's a story I, that you learn as a child. Yeah, like basically, I know that there used to be a one country mm-hmm. only, and they were like always fighting each other and trying to get independence, and they were trying to get Portugal back, and then Portugal would, would try to get their independence back, and all this stuff. What was separating? But, is there a river between the two countries? Like, is it just an artificial boundary? No, it's just a boundary. Yeah, yeah just like you know, just like Mexico and Texas. Well, the, but Mexico Tech, we have the Rio Grande. Oh, do you have the Rio Grande? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, let's hope that doesn't come out in my citizenship. <laughs> uh, but there, like most countries, have like natural boundaries, and I've never noticed one. Between I'm pretty Spain. sure there's something separating it, but I don't know what. Definitely not a wall. But was yeah. it religion or belief system? No, kind of- religion. It's the same thing. Oh, actually, I had this Spanish guy coming up to me and saying, "Oh, you're you're Portuguese." I'm like, "Yeah," and he goes, "I'm Spanish. We have one thing in common." And I'm like, what is it? And he goes, Inquisition. And I'm like, what? The Inquisition? Yeah. The Spanish Inquisition? Yeah. But it, Portugal had one too. And oh, that's wow. why they went They went to Africa and they would be like, you better be, you know, you better love our God or else. Okay. But yeah. So Portugal well. is like, I, I was in Lisbon briefly. Oh. It is a, I mean, that place is, and I would joke about this, um, wherever you go in Europe or in the world, mm-hmm. if you see like a fire on the beach and people dancing, they're Portuguese. Yes, that's true. Like they're always dancing, partying, playing music. You know, that's the thing. Um, is that Portuguese? I that used to uh, annoy me a little bit. Oh, the term? No, 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 no. Just the way people are very kissy, kissy, and oh. even if they don't know each other, be like, "Hey, how are you?" And they like kiss you on the face. Yeah. And I like, oh, I like my personal space. <laughs> but I got used to that, of course, because that's how I was raised, right? Yeah. Um, mostly, I didn't like it when there was old people kissing me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> But I, I, I kind of miss that. I miss like being able to touch people like that and people don't think I'm flirting. You yeah. Know? And now, I mean, now you can't at all. Now I get accused of, I get on the Me Too movement. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. That's like what happened to you. So you were in Portugal with your parents mm-hmm. and uh, what, what got you out of there? What made you go, fuck this, I'm gone? I don't know. I was raised in a very, very strict household. Catholic? Not so much. But like, I was raised Catholic, but... For example, let me show. Let me give you an example. I have an older brother. He's thirteen years older than me. Oh wow! Okay, but because he was a man, he didn't have to clean the house or do any anything. You know, he just he could just sit in the couch and watch TV. But because I was a woman from a young age, I had to know how to cook and it, I had to know how to clean the house and all of this. And I'll ask my mom, "Why do I have to do this?" And he can just sit and watch cartoons. <laughs> and my mom would say, "Because you're a woman." Wow! So she raised me to be like this freaking superwoman. You know, know how to do all of these stuff, but then he doesn't have to know anything. But you know what? Now he's like 42 years old. He doesn't know how to do shit. <laughs> and my parents still pay for his bills. And I'm like, Really? He doesn't yeah. live at home though, does he? He has his own home and my parents pay for almost everything and his car and everything. Because yeah. at the same time, you think you're protecting people. You think you're protecting your child, but you're just making retarded. 
That, that is you know? a really good point. I think about that a lot. Like, Am I there's something canceled because I said retarded. No, I, I think retard is still sort of fair. I, I, I'm sorry. I do it in my act. I do a, okay. a bit about that um, because I was tar- I was called retarded a lot growing up because uh, <laughs> I had like learning disabilities and stuff. So I think that like I think that is a big question in terms of raising kids and how to, you want people to be provided for. You want your children to be provided for, but also a little bit of like just a hair of abuse. Yeah. And discipline yeah. is good because people come out better that yeah. way. You know, I'm not saying you should smack them with a wrench. I got a little spank, badly. Getting grounded, getting disciplined, I think is good for, for children. I don't know. I exactly. think it's, I think the problem with America today, I don't know what you think about cancel culture, everything happening right now. I mean, I don't know if you heard, but Ellie Kemper, who was in the office and then um, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, she is getting quote unquote canceled because like 21 years ago, mm. She was at a ball in Missouri that had been frequented by the KKK over the years. Oh, my goodness. So on Twitter, she's trending as the queen of the KKK. And, you know, I there's- mean, let me tell you something. If all of these motherfuckers who are canceling everybody got their life, like, you know, checked on microscope during of course, 21 of course. you had done and said something stupid too. Yeah. As long as you get better, that's what matters. You learn, you get better, you become yeah. a better person, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't know why people are doing this like this. It's just. Well, I just I, this is my point. I think people are doing it because this is the first generation of kids, of people that weren't beaten, yeah, and abused. And I think that because of that, they have this really entitled point of view. And I'm not just saying this is white women. I know that's the easy thing. Like, oh, it's white women destroying America. And although that's 100 percent true and accurate, it's just this whole generation of men and women who haven't really been taught. Uh, discipline haven't been disciplined haven't been hit haven't been abused they yeah. have parents who who treat them like indigo children like they're perfect they're yeah. rainbow children and everything you do is amazing like america is being run by jewish mothers and that may sound like an awful thing to say and anti-semitic but i am a jew so i can say that it is it's like everyone's being rewarded too much yeah I agree. for how they are so their points of view are I mean, so strong even the kids nowadays they get a participation trophy yeah that's so dumb yeah Exactly. And so the point of views are so strong and unfettered that they don't have any misgivings about posting whatever they want in terms of in terms of canceling people. I mean, some of the people obviously doing it are just really like, what if I canceled her or yeah. what if I did this? But some people really think like, how dare this? And they get really ensconced as point of view. And I think it's because they haven't been hit. Yeah, I agree. In the face. Every time I agree 100 percent with you, every time I meet somebody who's like a um, keyboard warrior. They yeah. just like talk shit for no reason without even knowing me or any other people is like, I, the first thing I think is, well, you didn't got smacked in the face as a kid or you clearly never got into a fight because people like this, they deserve to get punched in the face. Yes. It's like you're just bringing hate or just being evil because you can. Yeah. It's because you've never been punched in the face for something you said. Yeah. And also like bullies, like there's something yeah. about, I was bullied as a kid. And I, I don't think like I'm not encouraging bullies. I don't I'm think I'm not pro bully, but at the same time I think there's something about being bullied and being worried and having to figure out how to avoid conflict or defend yourself or how to yeah. deal with the humiliation of being mm-hmm. shamed by someone that makes you better and strong and gives you compassion. Like yeah. you're not going to have compassion if you've never had any hardship. I agree. So, um, and that's a huge segue from the story of you. But anyway, so you had these strict parents, which, which, so we agree. That's good. Yeah. They, what would they beat you with? The belt. And my mom, she would have a wooden spoon, like a big wooden spoon. Oh, you know, yeah. the Mexican moms cook with that. 
She would like hit me. She even broke one on my ass once. Well, she hit on the ass, so that's good. It wasn't like on the yeah. face or something like that. No, yeah. no. She on the face. She'll give me those backhand slaps with her big ass rings. Oh, yeah. It was rough. Now when I talk about that with her, she's like, "Oh, please, it wasn't that bad." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> for you." She, yeah. I have this joke about her that she used to call me in Portuguese "porquinha merda," which literally translated means "shitty little piggy." Shitty little piggy. Yeah, she used to call nice. me. She used to be like, "Hey, who's my shitty little piggy?" And I'll be like, "I am, mommy. I'm your shitty little piggy." And you know, no wonder I always dated abusive guys. Uh, you know, because they would I tell mean, me shit like, "Hey, you a bitch," and I would be like, "Oh my god, he's gonna propose to me soon." <laughs> that's yeah. pretty funny. Oh, that's a joke. That's good. I like that. Yeah, there's something about. Uh, I think that's also. Oh god, there's so much I could talk about. I think that's why like this whole daddy thing is blown up too, because. Back in the day, your 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 girl, your dad used to discipline you, and like, <laughs> you know, teach you to be like a strong. And now it's just like daddy's just there for comfort and support oh, and nothing else. Yeah. So every girl's like, "Oh, are you gonna be my daddy?" Like, what? No. What are you talking about? Um. So you're in you're in Portugal. You're hanging with your parents. Strict upright. Your brother just just your brother in the house, right? Mm-hmm. Thirteen years apart. So I'm guessing you were a mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, my mom had me at forty. Mm-hmm. Now we were talking about this yeah. that uh, she thought she had menopause, and then the doctor was like, uh, "You're actually pregnant." Oh my god! Did your parents were they excited? Uh, I think they were concerned, but then they got excited because they always wanted a girl. Yeah. So. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, my dad yeah. used to be like, "You were supposed to be a boy, but here you are, a woman <laughs> that behaves like a boy." I'm like, you know. Yeah. So you get the both both worlds, Dad. Yeah. So you. At what age were you, did you leave? Because I, I don't know how the education system, I imagine you did high school and after that, was there college that you didn't want to go I to? I really or? wanted to go to college and even though it's way cheaper than here in the US, yeah. uh, my parents couldn't afford it. Yeah. So... And they don't have scholarships and shit like that. There. They do, but I wasn't that a great of a student to get a scholarship, okay. unfortunately. And you know what? I'm actually glad how things turned out. So I understand everything happens for a reason now. I went like for the first year, I moved to Lisbon. Mm-hmm. And I got a job there and I was um, studying at night because I was trying to get better grades because I thought maybe I would get a scholarship that way, which didn't work. Yeah. I was living in this super haunted house. In Lisbon? Yeah. I didn't tell you about that. So I was living... Okay. So this house... is famously haunted. It's like not people. like... It's very haunted, but I didn't know. And I didn't know I was living as well in a very bad neighborhood either. Because uh-huh. when you're a kid and you move to a new place... And you're, you, you're 18 at this point? Yeah. Okay. You're just really excited, right? Yeah. You're just like really excited. It's like, oh my God, all these... You see everything with like pink sun, sunglasses. Do you say that here in America? Rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Or rose-tinted, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I couldn't afford anything else. And this was one room in a apartment so this is like a whole building and we had the whole third floor right and this older man he was only there two times a week and the how i got this house was because a friend of mine told me about this older man that he would only be at this house twice a week because he just got divorced or whatever so i was like i was staying at his mom's room and he told me no boys you cannot bring any boys here okay just be a good girl this was a house where i grew up and i was like okay so i go into this house right it has a big green door and this super bright um red window and you would walk in and there's this like gargoyles with like really scary faces <laughs> yeah. and they're just paintings on a wall that you cannot even see the faces they're just like you know like melting it's like yeah. super scary and then you would go on the third floor and 
there was like this big aisle, like super long aisle with all these doors. And I just remember one night, I always felt really weird in that house. I felt like, you know, when you go into a very crowded room, but there's nobody. Yeah. Do you ever feel like that? Yeah. I felt like that always in that house, like I was being watched. It was really weird. And I remember one time being talking about my friend, how I felt. And she was like, you know, you're just like too sensitive. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And as soon as we stopped talking, I felt like a blow on my neck, like, like that on my neck. And all the lights went out. And I was so fucking scared. I was so scared. And then um, I just waited a little bit. Uh-huh. And like I just started hearing all these weird noises. And I'm like, all right, you guys. Clearly, you know, I can't move out. So please, let's just, you know, try to be cool with each other. Okay. Let's just try to be cool. I need to sleep. I got to work tomorrow. But I, always like weird things would happen. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I can't leave here anymore. So I, I end up like, like I told you, I really wanted to travel. Well, wait, time out here. So okay. we had, all, did you ever talk to anyone who knew the history of the building? No. And find out stories like, oh yeah, no. people were massacred here at a party. No, nothing. No, I never heard any of that. No, you, just, you felt it. Yeah. God. And the house just had, it looked like a scary house. Yeah. It, it was a scary house. Yeah. You know? Okay. So you were there for a year or two. A year. A year. And then you you want to travel, so you went where? Yeah. So I wanted to travel, so I applied for this really shitty airline. Air, to airline? be a flight attendant. To be a flight attendant. Although it's called stewardess probably when you applied. Yeah. But now stewardess is offensive because... Why is it offensive? Who the fuck Oh my God, knows? everything is fucking offensive nowadays. Yes, it's flight attendant. I, I guess because stewardess sounds... Uh, it's gendered. Oh, because then a man is a steward. I don't know. So they said flight attendant is gender neutral, I guess. Hmm. I have no idea. Uh, but I just know that you can't say stewardess. If you say, excuse me, stewardess, she's going to be like, it's flight attendant. Really? Yeah. I never, I would so do that. Ryan Air, which I, I. No, don't say the name of it. Okay. It wasn't Ryan Air. It was something <laughs> like Ryan Air, but not. So, yeah. So I got a job with this airline. It was the only airline in the world that accepts people at like 18, 19 yeah. years old. So then I moved to. To Norway. Was it one of those places? Because it wasn't, we established it wasn't the one I just mentioned. Was it one of these places <laughs> that was like catering to like hot chicks and like short skirts and making the flight attendant sexy? Was that part of their vibe? Not really. Because that still goes on in certain airlines. Yeah, it does. Not really. It was not really like that. Uh, it was not so difficult to. to was get it mostly that. women that were flight attendants or was it. And gay men. And gay men, yeah. Yeah. So then. Yeah, so I got in that. I moved to Norway, and and I was not getting paid enough, and I was like sleeping on the floor and eating cereals as a meal. So then I moved. I quit doing that job, and I started being a bartender, and I was getting way. And this pay. is in Oslo. In Oslo, yeah, in the capital of Norway. Oslo is amazing. I did yeah. some shows there once. By the way, quick Oslo story. I left from California to do this. I was touring with Monster Brownie to Europe and. Scandinavia, and I took my weed with me, like my mm-hmm. California weed, just pre-rolls, joints. And um, when I was doing the show in Oslo, I came backstage at the promoter there. I was like, took out a joint. Was about, he goes, what are you doing? I go, that was like a hit before I go on. He goes, you'll go to jail for seven years. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Caught. I go, what? They're like, yeah, it's mandatory. Like literally... They will take you, put you in jail for seven years. Wow, I didn't know that. For a joint. It's it's one of those weird places because you, you think of like Sweden 
and Denmark and Norway, you think they're like these nice bastions of liberal thought and, and yeah. free speech and everything else. Or, and they're really, really strict about drugs. Like weed is like, you go to jail if you get caught with weed. So they, the guy basically was like, I, I, how much weed do you have? I was like, I have like five joints. He's like, I have to buy it off you because you're going to go to jail if you get caught. And that includes Sweden too, mm-hmm. which is really weird because it's right from across the, you know, the yeah. river from Amsterdam. So yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, but it's a very, very beautiful place. Yeah, it is nice. Yeah, like downtown and the fjords mm-hmm. and the Viking Museum. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, I, so you enjoyed Oslo? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I, you know something? I lived in this world where I thought I was white and then I moved to Norway and they yeah. make sure oh. I knew I wasn't white. Oh, really? Like how? They would just like be mean to me and like racist. Oh, Not everybody, but like at my workplace, they would like... I had this uh, dumbass manager that he would always, he was racist and he would always like make fun of me and like call me tacos. And I, I, once I got tired of it, I was like, dude, you're not only stupid, but you're also ignorant because tacos (laughs) is from Mexico, not from Portugal. Yeah. We do tapas. Yeah. Or, you know, call me sardine or something. (laughs) But, um, so that's the thing that I think people who don't travel that much don't really know is that racism is a global thing. And it exists across all races and trickles down from every like higher sociodemic bracket to every lower one. And I think that people, they just assume America created or founded racism. And it's sort of not really the case at all. Because yeah. I think countries like Norway, they may look at America and go, oh, you racist. But like, you don't have any black people in Norway. And the small minority groups you have, you probably treat like shit. Yeah. And it's just the nature of like humans being tribalistic and shitty that yeah. happens. Anyway, so you're you're in Oslo. You weren't digging the, the bartender scene. You probably make a lot of money though, right? Yeah, I did, and I was a very good talker, so I always like get really good tips. Do I yeah. have to say that? Yeah. But um, yeah. So then I started working also as a conference hostess. A conference hostess was yeah. that? So uh, there was this big building that um, you could rent a room to have like. Um, a a meeting yeah. or whatever and and then I would just go and prepare the room for them and if they needed anything they would ask me like pens or whatever yeah yeah and so, it was good paid and I didn't do almost anything so so you're obviously a hard worker you're going to take the jobs that people you know people who obviously look like you probably won't normally take are your parents okay at this time are your parents like where the fuck are you what are you doing come back home no they always, they were always waiting for me to call them and tell me, like, help me out. <laughs> yeah. And I never did because they are the type of people, they don't give you compliments. Yeah. But if you fuck up, they won't leave you alone. They will yeah. always, like, I remember my first boyfriend, <laughs> he broke up with me. I was, like, heart, uh, heartbroken. And my mom was like, I told you he was a piece <laughs> of shit. And she called him and called him a pig. He's like, you break up with my, with my daughter? Like, you're a fucking pig. And I'm like, mom, I can't believe you did that. That's insane. Yeah. But she until to this day, she talks about that guy. <laughs> She's like, yeah, he only took advantage of you. He just wanted to sleep with you. And I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of just wanted to sleep with him too. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But um, Were you able to admit to your parents that you had premarital sex? Yeah, they made me. They made me say they would. Be, they beat my ass until I said <laughs> I wasn't a virgin anymore. Really? Yeah, that's a very traumatizing story. Go on. Yeah, so basically, it was... I can't believe I'm saying this. Yes, perfect. So I was home, and my mom comes to me, and I'm watching TV, and she goes, So, are you a virgin? And I'm like, ooh, I'm how a old Gemini. You, how old are you at this point? I'm like 16. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. Nice. I like and that. And she's like, 
I can see that you have, I can see that you guys been intimate. Like I can see by the way you guys, I'm like, mom, why are you asking me this? And then my dad comes over and he starts taking his belt from his pants. Yeah. Wow. And he's like, are you a virgin? And I'm like, yes. So I'm just saying yes. And then, and then he beat me up until I said no. So he really spanked bad. you with the belt until you said yeah. you're not a virgin. Yeah. It was really bad. So it was really embarrassing. I know. I think it's like, like it's like weird interrogation, waterboarding technique. For, yeah, it's like torture. Yeah, but like I don't know. Like now that I think about it, they just don't know better. They, they don't. Had, they had a very strict ho- household. They for lived sure. in a very strict household too. I mean, they had me at forty years old. They thought they were, they were going to get retired. Then I show up, you know, and I, and it's a girl. So they're like, oh shit, you know. I understand. Yeah. Now I understand. They try their best. Yeah, I know? know. I think that a, a big thing that as journeys as humans is forgiving your parents for fucking up. Yeah. Because your parents are going to fuck up yeah. no matter what. And if your parents don't fuck up, it's because they've been too busy kissing your ass and treating you with kid gloves. Yeah. And I don't think that's always My a parents don't, they're choice. Like, they're bullies, but it's just natural to them. But they're just to me yeah. and my brother a little bit. But to other people, they are the best people Of course, ever. of course. They're just so kind. But my dad was always being, he was always like, he's a chef, right? And he would be like, I bet you can't fry an egg. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, dad, I'm like I can, it's fine. But he, they, he would always do stuff like this. I bet you can do this. Because he wanted me to get upset and then do it. Yeah, you know? of course. He wanted you to get better. That's his yeah. way of doing it. But for my dad, for me not to be a virgin, it was like such a disappointing for him like disappointment for him he was like super bad and i'm just like i wish you had one of my friends as your daughter yeah because then i do nothing bad like yeah, i'm a exactly. really good girl yeah yeah and lose your virginia at 16 i mean this is what in like the 90s or early 2000s like, yeah that's like what do you expect yeah actually what is it it was yeah it was the 2000s i, mean, I can i can hump teddy bears forever <laughs> You know? I mean, it'd be one thing it was like the 80s where people were so freaking weird, but I'm like, come on, this is like a different world now. I can't believe... Yeah. I mean, if, if if my daughter was a virgin until 16, I'd have been incredibly happy. Anyway, so you're in Oslo. Your parents are like not bugging you to come home. No. And then eventually you're like, fuck Oslo. I'm sick of these fucking crackers. And you yeah. go to Germany. No, then I... So I was really desperate to get out of there, but I couldn't afford it. So I was like, okay, I need to go another airline and i always had this dream of being in the middle east as a flight attendant mm. right but this airline was like is like one of the best airlines in the world yeah they have like open days and they have like a thousand people applying for it how'd you get it just like you charm with the guy at the no interview? i was just i was like i was extremely tired because like the the day goes as there's so many tests there's like an english test and there's like a test where they see your hands uh. your skin your hair and then like if you can reach two meters and ten with your arm stretch and stuff like all these ridiculous tests and like psychological tests and all this there was actually 500 people in my open day only 10 passed and i was one of them oh wow and i was the happiest girl alive yeah i was so happy that's great. Yeah. And so part of your job is obviously how many languages do you have to speak to do the job? Just two? Just English? And then how many? I mean, you have to speak English. Yeah. So no other language speak, If you speak more than one, it's a plus for you and it will get you ahead. Yeah. You could travel all over the world. Yeah. Way. Okay. So that means you were living in Dubai now. I was living in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I don't even know the difference between the two. They're just cities next to each other. Yes, they are. <laughs> okay. Um, how was that now? Because I know that I've never been there mm-hmm. and I know that they say... Well, it's the it's the new you know whatever it's the new Dubai it's the new thing but it's still like incredibly strict there too yeah it is like it is. you can get can you still get stoned 
can you still get killed for fucking and shit? I'm not sure killed, but you definitely will go to jail. Like, if you get pregnant, you're not married, you're going to go to jail and it'll take the baby from you. Whoa. Yeah. And obviously, abortion is illegal, I'm assuming. Yeah. That to me is so crazy. Yeah. That other countries still have abortion banned. And then if you do get pregnant, the woman goes to jail. Mm -hmm. Does a man go to jail? I don't think so. It's because it's a country where it's like it's a men's country. Do you know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. I had I had to get used to the um, culture as well. There were like so many things I didn't know, even though I did my research. For example, I remember being in the academy to be a flight attendant and this Moroccan girl I'm eating. The, first of all, there's nothing to eat. It's like, uh, hello, like I'm not a top model, like I need to eat. <laughs> and I see the only thing they had was like brown, brown bread toasted and then eggs. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I have to eat this now. So I ate, I'm eating and she comes over and she's like, oh, give me some of your food. I'm like, bitch, like go right there and take it for yourself. And she goes, no, I don't want to get a whole egg. I just want half of yours. And I give her with my left hand and she goes, oh, really? You're giving me with your bad hands? And I'm like, <laughs> both of my hands are good. Like, I don't get it. And then I learned that in the Middle East, they use their right hand to eat and they use their left hand to, to wash their, their ass. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. That is so That's why crazy. even in the malls, like in the fancy malls, you don't have toilet paper. You have like a little shower where you wash your ass. Wow. Yeah. I have no Yeah, I was in Saudi Arabia briefly. And I was oh, it's a new Saudi Arabia, the Arab Spring, but like what people don't realize about the Arab Spring is it failed. You know, unilaterally. Like I almost got killed in Egypt for whatever. It's just like it's it's still crazy how archaic the world is across. So you there? So you so every place you're going to is a bit of a disappointment, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, I think you know I'm just learning from. You know, it's just like when you meet people, like not everybody's your cup of tea. Yeah. Right. I just feel like there was a lot of uh, things were always very difficult for me when I first went into a new place. Sure. And it's not easy to be accepted, and then like you know. It's just hard, but uh, I stayed there for three years, and um, you, did you have a boyfriend at the time? Are you allowed to have a yeah, boyfriend? Yeah, I had. You- I had. I was with a boyfriend that now is my husband. So okay, did, so you met you met distance. him there. In no, Abu I met Dhabi. him in Norway. Oh, so did he follow you to Abu Dhabi? No, no. he was in Africa. Okay. So we met in Norway, and then he broke up with me. Right, and I was why. Like, Cause he's a fucking asshole. I mean, why would you break up with me? I don't know. I was so upset, but I was very young, so I never wanted to ask why. He, yeah. He I w- he broke up with me, and he says I don't want to be in a relationship anymore. And now that translated means I want to fuck other bitches, you know. But back in the day, I was so young. I was You're like, like what, what am I doing wrong? No, no, I didn't say that. I just said, is there anybody else? And he goes, No, I just don't want to be in a relationship anymore. And I was like, Well. Uh, I'm going to go to CrossFit now. We can talk about this when I come back. <laughs> and then I got to CrossFit and I was like crying so bad. I was like crying. And then all the boys find out I was single. They didn't leave me alone. <laughs> but I, I really wanted to get out of there. Um, so that's so why. So he, he breaks up with you in Norway and yeah. leaves. No, no. Yeah, he's leaving as well. So he's leaving to another country as well because of his work. Oh, so you're both leaving Norway and yeah. he breaks up with you right before you both leave. Yeah, maybe like two weeks before. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm like, whatever, you know, I'll find my way. So I I never asked him back. I, I was just fine. Like I, I'm I'm the, I'm a little bit proud of myself. So even if I want somebody or even now I'm different. But yeah. like if somebody even as a friend, a friend like breaks up with me, I'm like yeah. I try to, you know, make things work. But back in the day I was like, Well, you broke up with me, then fuck you, you know, even though I really wanted him back. So 
I got this job and he was really impressed that I got the job and he was like, oh shit, like she's like a hard worker or whatever. Yeah. So he was like, uh, you know, actually if I would like for us to be together again and I just go, well, sure. But inside I'm like, fuck yeah. I was just so happy, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we were just in a long distance relationship for a little while. But he so while you're, you're, you're in, uh, Abu Dhabi and he's in Africa yeah. doing security work and yeah. high, he's a spy. We've established he's a top <laughs> no, secret level spy, spy <laughs> U.S. military spy. Um, so you kept it long distance, and then from so how did that move precipitate after three years? What made you go? I'm going. To, that's because when you went to Germany, because right? we were doing long distance for a long time, and I, for me, I didn't enjoy my life as a flight attendant because I felt like I was cheating if I went to parties. I, sure. I felt like I was putting myself in situations where you know I would have other guys hitting on me, or you know, of course. And then I, I don't want to have to explain all that stuff all the time. It's yeah. Just, and it was really lonely because you're always traveling and you're always staying in a new hotel by yourself. Yeah. And then you meet a lot of interesting people and it's like, well, I know I will regret, regret it if I go ahead with this. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah. And then it came to a time that it was like, okay, well, you can just quit your job and come move in with me. So, because so, he was in Germany at the time. No. He, so, he was in Africa. Okay. And then, I, and then we moved to Paraguay. Oh, you moved to Paraguay? Yeah. And then it didn't exist any comedy there or anything, so I couldn't do shit. But when did you... So you started doing comedy. Yeah, this is one thing we've missed, and this is a comedy podcast. How did comedy come into the scene? You said, we talked briefly about it. You were just the, the funny one of your friends. Yeah. They're like, come do an open mic. Yeah. And you said you did this open mic, and this was in Norway? So this was in Norway, yeah. So And you, and you said you bombed. Yeah, I bombed really bad. Break so it was not down. an open mic. It was a talent show. Which a talent is, show. Yeah, which is even worse. So people are singing, juggling, singing, car tricks. fucking telling poems. First of all, if you go on a talent <laughs> show and to tell a poem, fuck you. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's just so annoying to be yeah. honest. Yeah. And um, I'm going to read from a piece of paper right oh, now. God. Anyway, so I, I don't know. I was just depressed, and I didn't have money for drinks. And my friends were like, I didn't want to ask them to buy me drinks. And they were like, Well, if you get on stage and just be yourself, just say something funny, we'll pay for your drinks. <laughs> and I did. So had you? So I want to hear about this because a lot of people. I have so many people come up to me. It's 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 weird because sometimes it's a compliment and sometimes it's not. But they'll see me perform like, oh, I I want to do comedy now. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because they see comics on a show who go up there and they look like they're just talking mm-hmm. and they go, well, I'm funny. Yeah, I can talk. Yeah, I could do comedy. I'm mm-hmm. like, you gotta understand the trick is making it look like I'm just talking to you. Yeah, but this shit has been worked on for some for years exactly so but a lot of people are like oh i'm funny and i go and i always encourage them like go on stage try it out because being funny and being on stage are two completely different animals so what happened with you when you went there did you have how much time did you have to prepare did you say okay i'm going to tell the story like how did it work for you it was just a, in a moment thing so it was really bad like i just went there I, I remember i just told a few stories do you remember anything you talked about no i think i just made fun of a guy that said he slept with me, but he didn't. <laughs> so I just made fun of that. But it was just, it was just bad. I bombed, and then I was like, "Now, when I you say you bombed, that just means people weren't laughing." No, like people laughed here and there, mm-hmm. but then it was like crickets, you know. Yeah. And and I was like, "I loved it. I want to do this again." And there was this comedian um, actually in the crowd, and then he said, "Yeah, you you have something, but you need to know how to write jokes." Yeah. I didn't understood. And it took me a long time to understand how, how to actually write a joke. Yeah. 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 There's a real craft. I mean, I don't think I'm a natural at it. I've had to like teach myself because I'm not a natural 
joke writer. You know what I mean? I was always like a performer, like dancing and jumping around stage and acting like a clown. So right, right oh, the dog sees somebody. Um, what's your dog's name again? Oslo. Oslo. Oh, yeah. were you guys mad? Yeah. So Absolutely. Okay, so then you're in Paraguay, which again, yeah. like, I don't know where the fuck that is on I the globe. Like, I feel like these stories are so intense because people are like, this bitch is a spy. Like, where- You're definitely a spy. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And you're, uh, yeah, your husband works for the military and you look like Eva Longoria, but you're oh, not a spy. Thanks. Cool. So you hear that all the time, I'm sure. So what is, what's in Paraguay? Nothing. There's literally nothing. Where the nothing. fuck is Paraguay? Paraguay is near Brazil. But it's like, it's... An island off of Brazil, basically? It's not an island. It's not? No. I knew that. He has a country that's but attached like, to Brazil. I don't know why I thought there would be a, be- a beach, but there's no beach. Oh, so it's inland. It's landlocked. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's only like a river, and it's just... There's nothing to do, and it's super hot, and like... The Amazon people, River goes through it, right? I'm not sure. Let's just say it does, so I don't look stupid. <laughs> but basically, so I speak Spanish, but the Spanish there is mixed with native. Oh, wow. And they like they speak Spanish with a few weird sounds in the middle, so it was just really difficult for me to communicate. Yeah. Um, what yes. is Paraguay? What's the what's the economy of Paraguay? Like, what what's their resource? Do they yeah, have a resource? It's a third world country. Is it like coffee beans? Like, what do they grow there? I know it's third I world, have, but every I have, country. I have no idea. No idea. I should know though, but I don't. A lot of forests, a lot of rainforests, I imagine. Yes. Um. But it is a city. They have like a city, but it's not like our city. Does Good soccer sense? team. I know that. Yeah. Decent, at least. They you got know. that. A lot of like, uh, you know what's funny is that even though it's a third world country, they have like one of the best plastic surgeons there and everybody travels there to get oh, really? done. Which is sad because I only find out that afterwards because <laughs> I wanted to get my boobs done, but no. Oh God, women and their fake boobs. I but yeah, it. but yeah, I didn't really like it there. It was really hot. There was nothing to do. Comedy didn't exist still doesn't i think then we went to kosovo same thing and do you know that in kosovo they have like this industrial um how do you call it like farms or whatever it's not a industrial farm. like factory farms yes uh-huh. they have industrial in- factories not farms and it comes like all these fumes and it's not filtered so the whole city the entire city smells like like toxic it's like do you know when you Start a fire, yeah, and then it gets that smell in your hair and every, yeah. in your clothes. It's like that oh, every wow. fucking day. That's crazy. Yeah. Now Kosovo again. I don't know much about Kosovo. Kosovo is like they had some more there. Kosovo is in a country though, right? Kosovo is in. It is a country. <laughs> so dumb. No, you're not. Dumb. I thought it was a city and it's in a. Okay, so Kosovo is it part of the former Soviet Union? I think so. God damn it. I but like feel they used so to be dumb. more and they used, so they just got... Yeah, I always feel like Kosovo is like where Liam Neeson's trying to get his daughter back, I feel. Like whenever Kosovo is in a movie, like some crazy people in like like sweatpants and tracksuits are like killing an American. You know what I mean? Yeah, most likely. Like the mafias run amok there and they have go, all these going to a warehouse and they have like Adidas stripes. You know I what I mean? Like, yeah, that's like Russians, though. Yeah, that's like Russians in general. Vodka. And they're all and they're fucking chain smoking, and they're yeah. scary as shit, even though they weigh like forty pounds. Um, so Kosovo, yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Co- so, by the way, you're like, I'm missing comedy because I'm Paraguay. Just, you're like, yeah. let's go to a place covered in factories and war. No, we so we had to go there because of his job. And yeah. I was at this time, I was like, 
what am I going to do with my life? I just felt so depressed because it's, sure. it's like I, I was really lonely because I spent so many years on the road. So then like all my friends went to other places. So I didn't have like, I only had maybe, until now, thank God I had I have two good friends. Yeah. But it's not the same, you know, sure. as being in the same city with this with these people. But um, I was like, maybe comedy was never for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm so what did you do be, in Kosovo? Like, what did you do during the day? Like, I, I mean, you did a, something. I worked out. Watched TV? I worked out. You worked out. CrossFit yeah. was your yes, friend. Yes, I did CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would just be at home depressed. I couldn't write comedy because I had nothing going on in my life. <laughs> you know? Oh, so... Finally, we got out of there and we went to Germany. And I was really excited. I was like, oh my God, there's a comedy scene Berlin, in Germany. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Berlin, there's all these stories, mm-hmm. you know, about like the Nazis mm-hmm. and like the Holocaust. And I can watch these, all these museums. They have like underground passages. I was really excited because I love, you know, history, yeah. even though clearly I'm not good at it. <laughs> but um, I was really excited about it. But when I got there, I had the racism again where I just felt really like misplaced in Germany yeah in Berlin can you That's believe interesting. Germany was racist well I just thought they'd, they've spent so much time trying to overcompensate for the Holocaust that they were actually going to be better I think I think Berliners are a different species of people what do you mean because by that? because even Germans from like Frankfurt and stuff uh-huh. they think they are rude oh really does that make sense they're like the French of Germany yeah exactly Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I did some comedy there. Um, but it, the secret was really closed, and I always did comedy in the same place. So I don't know. And then I, I was like, you know, maybe comedy is not for me because I spent all these years away. I'm rusty. I don't even know how to write a proper joke anymore. Yeah. Nothing fun happens in my life that makes me excited anymore. And uh, I really need to make some money because I spent all this time without making any money. So then I applied to work as a chef for the Marines. And I was in a house with 17 boys <laughs> and I would cook for them every day. And your husband was there too at the time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you could protect you like, that's my fucking girl. No, 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 no. He knows. He, he knows he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. I would. I, I would punch him in the throat. Yeah, but I would just treat them. I'll, I'll just roast them all the time. Like yeah. there was this older guy who would come in the kitchen without his shirt on, <laughs> just be like flexing. I'm like, you know, one of these days I'm going to burn one of those little nipples of yours. <laughs> you know, you need to put a shirt on. And he would be like, I'm in my house so I can be naked if I want to. I'm like, please don't. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah. by the way, is a good is a good skill for women to have. Because most men are pigs but most of them are harmless yeah you know what i mean so usually if you slap their hand when they're going to the cookie jar i think 90 percent of men are going to behave and be good good yeah. guys but a lot of women get so freaked out by initial you know displays of like male aggression or toxic masculinity that you know they, the thing is that they were paying me to yeah, be there yeah so they felt like they were in charge but then mm-hmm. i would call them out yeah but like after a while we became a family sure. but like they would fight with each other and i would be i would get the wooden spoon like my mom did <laughs> and i'll be like ain't no fighting in my kitchen and then they would stop yeah but um so but that yeah. sounds like that was probably pretty fun for a while it was a lot of work because they were boys they're dirty yeah you of know course. but I still, I still have contact with some of them. You know, they're just kids. Yeah. Yeah, people so. forget that too. Like, you can be a Marine at like 18 or yeah. 17 sometimes. There were babies. Yeah. There was only one older one, the one that took his shirt off, but he was a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're there for a while, and then your husband gets a job from Germany to... Austin. Austin. Yeah. 
a year ago. Yeah, so basically, we were going to move here, um, and then he was going to go back on the road, and then just like be here once in a while. What do you mean, go back on the road? Do like, go to stuff. other countries. Yeah. Go to other countries and do his job. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but then because of COVID, we end up staying, and I was like, okay, I'm going to get back on track. I'm going to start doing comedy again, and I... For like more than six months, I would do comedy every single day. I would go to every single open mic, like even in on Austin. Sundays. Like in what Austin. were the open mics? I don't even know where they are. What, like now the they're Vulcan. all different. Now they're all different. Now they're all in different places. See, what people don't know about Austin <clears> I'm <throat> discovering too is in terms of comedy clubs, there's one right now, right? The Creek in the Cave is mm-hmm. the only comedy club. Every other place is like a refashioned music venue or bar. Yeah. Like the Vulcan is a music venue. Mm-hmm. And then Sunset Strip. I don't know if you've done Sunset Strip. That's like a music venue, and also I think they do weddings there and shit like oh, that. But wow. there's no just strictly comedy clubs. I yeah. think the Creek in the Cave is the only strictly comedy club yeah. in Austin, um, which is odd if you're coming from LA, where there's probably, I guess there's like six. Yeah, there's strictly comedy clubs right around right around you. So, um, so you're doing open mics everywhere, and how was that going for you? Did you f- did you feel once you got back into it, you're like, oh. I'm back in the groove. I feel good about it. I know how I'm, I'm, my jo- joke writing process is kicking in again. I feel like it, it. I've learned better how to write a joke here, you know, because I understood who I am as a comic. Yeah. And that's something that I never understood before. And sure. I understood how people saw me and how can I work with that? Yeah. Which I never saw that before either. I didn't understand. But now I know that I need to use my flaws, you know, in my comedy, like my accent. Yeah. And before I just thought, oh, I have this huge flaw and I just have to try you and to hide it or work yeah. around it. Yeah. I suppose embrace it. That's exactly. That's a really good point. Now, do you remember the first joke that you told on stage where you're like, that is a fucking great joke I have in my pocket, like forever. Like, I always think back, like, what are the first jokes I had that, um, I go, wow, that's a real joke that always works. Because I think even now as a comic, I keep coming up with stuff and sometimes it's just fucking bombs. Yeah. I think maybe in 2005, which is like my first year of doing comedy, I did a joke about being with a, a, a my first girlfriend was black and, and I, you know, they always say, once you go black, you never go back. But I said, I said hey girl, you know, say once you go white, your vagina stays tight. And it's such a dumb stupid now I look back it's kind of a hacky joke but at the time it was my first year in comedy and it would kill in the room I was like oh my god like you can say a rhyme and murder every show and I would have like and then you get like one and then two and three and four but do you remember the first joke that you had like this is my this is like my staple will always work I have it in my back pocket if I need it the first joke that makes you feel like oh I, I, I know how to write a joke I really, I really don't remember because I think like when I first start saying jokes, when I first started doing comedy, I would just tell stories. Yeah, of course. And then I moved here and I was like, I can't do that. I have at least because of my accent and because I wear makeup and I do all, I have all these distractions. Yeah. I need to cut the chase and just do like one liners at least for the first five minutes. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, What's your favorite one liner? No pressure. My favorite one-liner is when I say, you know, just on the way to this show tonight, a homeless guy called me a whore. I guess some men cannot take a one-night stand, can they? (laughs) I like that. That's good. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I love one-liners. I've never been good at writing them. 
Yeah. I, oh, I had this one that I wrote the other day, but it's not that good. But it's like, but it gets laughs, but it's not like, whoa. Is that uh, I know I always hear rumors of people saying that I got plastic surgery, but I listen really good for 85 year old. <laughs> That's good. I, I like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So yeah, you obviously know how to write jokes and you're doing well and you're kind of, you have your own shows. You had two, now you have one, right? Yeah. I think, you know something, to be honest, I don't like producing shows because it's a lot of work and then you have people asking you to be on you the show. You have comics who are to. being fucking weird to you and shit. Yeah, but, and I get really stressed because I have really bad anxiety and I get really stressed because I, I don't want to say no to people, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want them to bomb and... And I feel like everybody deserves a chance. But then I feel like, who am I to tell, hey, here's some stage time. But hey, here's not some stage time. You cannot have some. Yeah. I just feel bad with that. Yeah. But I understand, once again, you know, you need to have, because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not good like you are. You know, I'm still learning. And I think it's very important at this stage to have some currency. Of course. And like to, con- to contribute for the community. And that's why I have the show. Yeah, I used to produce a show. In, uh, at the Times Square Laugh Factory. There was a Laugh Factory in New York, and I was like, the house MC, and had like, it was called College Night with Bill Dawes. <laughs> this is like 2007. So I've been doing comedy for like two years at this point. And, um, I, uh, and I was like advertising through Facebook well before Facebook was really even a thing. But we'd get this nice, and people would always want to do the show. And I, the way I'd look at it was like, look, um, I don't want to. I don't want to have an ego about it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to act like, "Hey, man, I got this show, and everyone wants to do my show." I'd always be like, "I'll put someone on." You yeah, know what I mean, if someone wants, because five minutes is not going to kill a show. No, even if someone goes up there and literally takes a shit on the stage. Yeah. So if they go up there for five minutes, what I find is, you, if if you, someone's begging me, begging me, begging me like three times, four times, and I go, "Okay, I, I, we'll give you five minutes," and they go up there and they shit the bed, they're not going to ask me again. Yeah. Do you know my problem is that I don't have time to do that. Yeah. Because I only have like two hours, and then there's another show right after, okay. and sometimes comics they run the light. Yeah. And and there's like comedians that are doing me a favor to be in my show. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not going to tell them, don't run the light. You know, I, I'm going to let you them do you had Joe Rogan do your show. Fuck yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. He was, first of all. That's a huge score first to have of all, Joe Rogan on your first so show. So much respect for him besides him being a great comic is that he cares about helping other comics. Yeah. You know, I met a lot of comics who, who like repost my shit and cut my name off and stuff <laughs> like that. But he's amazing. Like yeah. he really cares to help comics, give advice. And, you know, he didn't have to come into the show and he took time of his day to come and do that yeah that's amazing how'd you, you know? get him on the show he just randomly stopped by or you asked him so i've met him i met him a couple times before mm-hmm. and he followed me back on instagram and i i was gonna have tim dylan on the show i love tim dylan he's very very funny i was really excited and i got the guts to you know dm joe and say hey tim dylan's gonna be on the show here's a poster i would love if you could drop by and he goes he's in la and i'm like what the show is like <laughs> sold out right and i'm like oh my god look i hate asking for stuff i swear because that's my thing too i don't ask for stuff to comics because i feel like then i owe them a favor and i just sure. feel i don't like putting someone in a position where i'm asking something and you feel obligated to say yes yeah but in this particular situation i was desperate yeah and i was like look probably i'll never be able to pay you back unless you need a kidney but could you please <laughs> drop by and he was like yeah i'll be there at 6 30 great that's amazing. Yeah. So I've, he, DM'd, I've DM'd him before. He hasn't fucking responded to me. Oh, he's a very busy man. I know. But everyone, everyone I know is always like you, because I'm a, I'm a, a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Nice. I've been doing it for like ten years. Should be a black belt. And <laughs> you know, and we both worked out of like some, some of the same dojos. Um, 
we're both comics. We're both, you know, like I think there's a lot of sensibilities that we have together. So, um, so a lot of people, oh, Joe would love you. Everyone knows, oh, Joe would love you. You should get me, Joe. Joe would love you. Oh, you guys would get along so well. Never met him. Oh, you will meet him for sure. Hopefully. He's coming. He's coming on Creek in the Cave this Thursday. Okay. So if you want to come by, is that your show now? No, okay. it's it's going to be Joe Rogan's show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, listen, I've taken a lot of your time already. Uh, oh, what what, uh, what do you have like? What do you have pie in the sky for you? Do you have things that you want to really accomplish in the next six months, year, five years? Like, do you have a plan going forward? Like something that you go, you know, what this would be really hot to have a place here, a place in LA. Is there where else is the next move? Do you ever this? Look, I mean, you have a home here, so I don't know yeah. why you want to move. But do you have like what is the next thing for you that you're looking at? Because you're obviously a hard worker, so you can Thank accomplish you. pretty much anything you want. Well, what do you that think would be of? nice if that was possible. Um, I, if I could say like anything I want, I would love, let's say at least in the next two years, I really would like to be in a sitcom. Yeah. I think every comedian wants that. And yeah, I don't know. I would like to go on That's why you said every comedian wants that. Cause I was talking to Rocky Dale Davis, shout out to Rocky Dale Davis, who's f- amazing comic. Yeah. Good looking guy too. And I said, uh, and he was like, man, I don't want to do TV. I was like, huh. are you f-? but by the way, he says that now, but he's your age. I'm sure at some point they're going to pound down his door with a briefcase full of $2 million bills. And he's going to say, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not every comic, like Joe Rogan's a perfect example. He did a sitcom, but he has no interest really in acting or doing TV. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think, need to. I also don't think he has a lot of respect for acting or actors. He's yeah. kind of talked about that. So, um, I, I think uh, I would just like, cause I have some training in acting. I think I would just like to see how it feels Yeah, and to, and I rather do a sitcom than to do a drama or anything. By the way, I'm going to be in a movie. I'm going to. I have like a short. It's a short. Nice. Role. I'm going to be. It's a scary movie, and I'm going to play a victim. Have you shot it yet? No, I'm going to. Sh- I'm going to shoot it in July eighth. Did you book that through a claim? No. Okay, July eighth. Awesome. Yeah. So that's your first movie role. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm really excited. Yeah. But yeah, I think I would really like to go on the road with another female comedian, so I can learn from her. I would say, like I said, I would just don't be shy about asking people. Oh, I know. I just, I just hate. I asking. get that. I get that. But I'm telling you, it's, it's not. Yeah. I've, I've everyone I've opened for. I just asked them if I could open yeah. for them. Whitney was really kind to me. She let me open for her in Dallas, so I might. But that's her. rare that Whitney Cummings is going to look at you and go, "Hey, you want to go on the road with me?" I know it was a dream come true. Yeah, I never thought she would say that. I never thought she would invite me to Dallas. Yeah, it most was, people they show up and they. Do bug you know the what I did? I was such a fucking asshole. So when she did that. <laughs> Joe was standing next to us and then there was her assistant and I lift, like I pull my sleeve back and I'm like, uh, uh, like I'm trying, I'm trying not to speak in Portuguese cause I'm, I was so overwhelmed <laughs> and I was like, I just showed them my arm and she touches my arm. And she's like, what is this? You have no hairs. So I'm like, just, just pinch me. Is this real? Is this real? <laughs> and I was just so happy about it. And That's she's cute. just amazing. That must yeah. be nice. That would be nice if to be witty to see someone do that. Yeah. That's cool. She's so, awesome. She's gorgeous and she's very funny. Very so. funny. I, I don't think there's any shame in reaching out and saying, hey, if you're, you know, I see you're doing that. That's how I, I started with Jamie Kennedy and, uh, and Jay Moore and people like that. I would just say like, hey, I see you're here. I'd love to open for you. And then, I mean, I was shooting a TV show in, um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, that's how I met with Jay. I was, I was shooting a TV show in Pittsburgh on Netflix right now, Deadly Games, Manhunt, nice. Deadly Games. And... Um, I was there for two weeks in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do in Pittsburgh for two weeks? Uh, so I just looked at the Homestead Improv and the first week was Jay Moore. And I had, you know, I had, I think I'd met him one time. We had some mutual connections. So I just, Hey man, can I do like, 
I think I just asked for like a guest spot. I asked for a guest spot. Can you do a guest spot on your show? He's like, yeah, sure, man, come down. And then went there and I just did really well. Nice. And then from there, he just How much said, time did you do? I think I did 10 minutes. 10 minutes? See, but I th- they loved me there, so then they were like, hey, can you do 15? Okay, that's great. I feel like if you only have five minutes, you get like all this stress. Like, I can't lose time and I can't run the light. Yeah. So I got to do my best. So it's like so stressful. I feel like if you have 10 minutes, you have more time to think. That's and true. Take I get time. that. I get yeah. that. Yeah, that's completely true. So um, I did 10 minutes. And then I was there for another week. They extended it. And then Donnell Rawlings, I don't know if you know Donnell Rawlings, but he's like Chappelle's opener. Oh, yeah, he was yeah, there. yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. He's, he's I saw hilarious him opening for fuck. Chappelle here. So he was there, and so I said, Donnell, can I do a guest spot on your show? And we went to the same high school, T.C. Williams uh, in Alexandria, Virginia. He said, yeah, I should have And again, I did, I did well, so then they kept me on the full weekend, both of them, and the club ended up paying me for wow. the weekends, which I was just doing guest spots. And um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with sort of like – I know, I know you're new. You're like, I don't have the, you necessarily have the, more than – five minutes right now but you're doing great i think just keep doing what you're doing and i have more than five minutes yeah of course you do so but, don't be shy i don't know i just i don't know yeah i always had a hard time asking for stuff i just feel i don't know yeah but in the comedy i think the comedy world is an exception where it's just really it's one of those places where if you don't ask for it you're not gonna get it yeah just even know? asking joe to come over and do it yeah i felt so embarrassed think about that you asked one of the biggest celebrities one of the biggest comics in the world yeah and he did it I know. So you don't think Whitney will... I know, but like I'm constantly thinking, how can I make it up to him? You know, that's how I feel. I nah, feel like I own people. You can't. Just I own. Be not, you yeah. just talked about what a great guy he is. Not like yeah. he needs publicity, but like, hey, in cancel culture today, everyone needs publicity. So I think that's good. I wouldn't worry about that. Okay. Don't worry about it. You're, you're a good person. Thank you. You're, you're a good sweet. girl. And, uh, and thank you for being on my podcast. I'm thank so glad that we got to get to know each other and meet. And uh, I will be doing your show. I got to do a little plug on your show on yes. July... No, June 10th. So June 10th. At 6 p.m. 6 p.m. At Creek in the at Cave. Creek in the Cave in the Austin, riff. Texas. It's called The Riff. Improv stand-up. Improv stand-up. So that we take a subject and I have to riff on it. I'm not going to be very good. You but I'll are. do my best. You're going to do amazing. All right. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Thank you. And where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, uh, Nasima Khairu, and that is N-A-C-Y-A. M-A-R-R-E-I-R-O. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.